first thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. This is Flyperbole with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. This Flyperbole brought to you by Loopholes Loopholes. Need legal advice? Go to Joffrey. Are you ready for some hockey? A late summer party! We got 24 teams in a bubble. They're gonna get a kick started. Are you ready Hit for you for Monday night? Yeah, I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm here. here for I'm ready for a lot of hockey. Yeah. August bubble hockey. Not not the bubble hockey that you get on the upstairs of the Wells Fargo I'm Center. Here, with the, yeah. You twist the players and you try to get the puck. And it's not that. It's, it's we, we discussed the bubble many, Actual many times hockey. over the last few weeks. Yeah. Yeah, uh, all these teams are going to enter. Only one team is going to come out alive. That's the uh, that's the bubble, baby, and uh, it's the trade off we get for not having hockey for over four months now. Uh, but it, it started back up. Training camp started back up this week, uh, and as we mentioned last week, Edmonton and Toronto have been picked out as the hub cities for that. And only mentioning that this week because apparently just now, Steve, and I don't know if you can see it on Twitter, but apparently Rogers Place is flooded. Uh, where the Oilers play. And apparently the damage is, it's not like just a minor. They put out uh, an email saying that there's just minor water damage, but when you look at it, it looks like uh, it looks like a flood hit. Like it's going to take out an escalator or something. Like they're going to have to do some kind of work before the teams actually get out to uh, Edmonton, which is just, you know, I guess if there was ever a year for something like that to happen, it would be, it would be this year. It would be 2020. So that's going on. Uh, and that's a big thing with this. Uh, well, a, a, flood, <laughs> a flood is such an easy thing to fix. Just freeze it. Just freeze it now. You got your yeah, ice. Make, turn it into ice. There you go. And they'll just play around the escalators. I mean, you may as well at this point. If they add that element to it, of you can just play anywhere in those two arenas, it's another layer to this tournament. I'm all about. Just the more random we can get, the more I'm for with this tournament. So. It basically uh, just turns into sudden death with Sean Claude Van Damme. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then you have mascots getting involved, and it's a whole thing. So, uh, other big news was we were talking about that was a, pretty much a foregone conclusion that the CB, CBA was going to get ratified. So now there should be no uh, labor disputes through the 2025 26 season. So hopefully there, you know, there won't be any lockouts until 2026 27. And, uh, I mean, there's not going to be too much about the COVID numbers. I was going to mention right now, but then the rest of it's just going to be uh, actual hockey because, Steve, we got actual fucking hockey to talk about. Not actual games yet, but there are hockey-like things, and, you know, it is giving us something to talk about because there's ain't shit to talk about. 
uh, Actual fucking wise. hockey, baby. Actual <laughs> yeah. fucking hockey. I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm pumped. Um, COVID numbers real quick. Uh, from Monday, uh, the league's been putting out the numbers on Monday, every Monday. So uh, as of this Monday, 30 positive tests during phase two with over 600 players being tested and 4,934 COVID-19 tests being handed out. In addition to those 30 positive tests during the phase two phase, uh, the NHL says that 13 other players who did not part- participate in phase two have tested a positive. So 43 NHL players uh, currently are under the uh, assumption they have uh, COVID-19. Um, also worth noting that uh, the Penguins voluntarily sat out nine players from training camp, that starting training camp, due to potential secondary exposure to an individual who tested positive for COVID-19. And then also uh, the Canadians ran into some issues as well. They had the three players test positive, and uh, that's only a little concerning because of uh Players like Max Domi, I know the topic of players with diabetes has been discussed, uh, and Max Domi is one of the few in the NHL that, um, you know, has it, and he's on the Canadians, so I think they were a little concerned about that uh, earlier in the week. Uh, him, Luke Coonan, I think, is another one, uh, and um, Capo Caco of the, of the Rangers are all, uh, I think, guys that have diabetes that I think, you know, it's – this whole thing is kind of, I guess uh, – you got to be cautious as is, but when you have a, a disease like that too, that doesn't really, um, that doesn't really help, <laughs> but no, no, definitely. uh, yeah. So, and speaking of that, uh, according to hockey stats, CZ, uh, and I saw a lot of, uh, these names confirmed or elsewhere, only a couple I didn't really find. Uh, these are the players that have already dropped out though. So, uh, Mikhail Vorobiev for the Flyers, which again, that's Mikhail Vorobiev, uh, Leas Anderson, uh, Roman Polak, and yeah, those three are all guys that have already opted out for the postseason, but that's because they were going to play. Uh, they all have deals somewhere else for next season, so why put yourself at risk for this team when you know you have another deal lined up? Uh, Sven Barchi is also out. Mike Green of the Oilers has opted out. Travis Monick has opted out for the Flames. Stephen Camper has opted out for the Bruins. Uh, Zach Trauman has opted out for the Penguins. Brandon Peary has opted out for the Golden Knights. And Carl Osner has opted out with the Canadians, along with Mike Kitchen, who's an assistant with the Panthers, who's always been like Joel Quinville's right-hand man, is apparently going to be uh, out of the uh, the bubble tournament as well. So not really huge names there. I think Hamonic would probably be the biggest name or the biggest loss for any team right there. Uh, but uh, still players are dropping out. And, uh, I mean, I have – Steve, I'm starting to think they're actually going to do the tour. Like, I think they might – actually get it done that's the point i've gotten to now when i think more about just the difference in numbers between canada and america and also the fact of like i was talking with one of my friends this weekend and he really is driving home the point of like quality of competition because to me that was the oh there's no way they're going to keep doing this if like a bunch of guys drop out however there's no other entertainment on leagues know they can make money so if they're willing to overlook that which again Consider the source. I understand that's a huge thing to say, like, if they're willing to overlook that. But if they're going to just not really worry about who's playing these games and just worried about getting the games done, I can see how it can get done. Not the brightest idea. Uh, and I think some of these games could get kind of dumb, especially if you're going to hold out nine players for one team for precautionary measures. I think you could see some crazy stuff. But again, it is hockey. And I don't think people are going to complain about hockey right now. I think people really want a distraction. So... 
I don't know. I've gone from I don't know how they're even going to get this off the ground to I can see how they can get some games in and then people crap out. And then now I'm at the point of like, well, if the league's just like, because I think I'll say that to you before, too, of like they address the if a player needs to be quarantined. They're like, yeah, they'll go away for 14 days. Like they won't. And then the next question is, OK, so what happens if a bunch of players get it? And they're like, oh, well, they're all going to quarantine. And it's OK. At what point is too many tests like enough to keep the league running? They're like, oh, well. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. That kind of makes me feel like they're leaving it open to like, well, let's see how much we can go without people being like, okay, this is too far. Let's like, I think see how much not... of a disaster it truly becomes yeah, before we go ahead and make much. any rash decisions. <laughs> yeah. So I, when it's put that way of the people just want entertainment and I can kind of see them getting it done. To me, it's still kind of crazy. I still think they're going to have issues keeping the bubble clean, which is just kind of a funny thing to say. As is, and also the NHL just has issues of reporting. I mean, again, I don't know how you would get around playing with COVID or something, but I don't know. I mean, we did see them try and play with the moms before, so who who knows, Steve? But do you? Is there any point at time where the quality competition would be too much? I feel like there would be a point where I'd be like, all right, this is. I don't know. I don't really feel like. I think but it, it depends is. on how many players you see drop out from a certain team. And, you know, let's not kid ourselves. I think the quality of the players that get sick and go out are really going to be a huge factor. Like, if some lower, like you just talked about it with the guys who have opted out, like not really any big names there. But if Sid Crosby, if Ovechkin, if McDavid, if Johnny Gaudreau, you know, guys of that ilk were dropping out. Yeah, I think people don't want this to go on, but... Until I think either a team is compromised by having too many guys out or a couple big names drop out, then we're going to, the NHL is going to try to keep going. But if you even get like a, a Crosby level guy, if you get a McDavid level guy, Matthews. that's going to be a controversy. That's going to be a big deal. Yeah, no, I, I think so. And, uh, and again, I, if you're just looking at it from, to get the, the games done, I don't know if that really I, I think it would have to be a handful of like the top stars and not just I feel like one team's just gonna get boned. Like one team is gonna have their star player and a couple other pieces like test positive at the wrong time. And that's just gonna be and they might just have to uh I guess suck it up with the uh <laughs> with just like the bad breaks. Like I've now that I've like put look at it that way, I feel like there's I just feel like it's more likely to get done. I don't know if that it doesn't make it really better, I guess, or it doesn't really make it won't. The product won't be amazing, but it's, I mean, I'm watching uh, an empty or empty stadium uh, MLS match right now because there's nothing else on TV. And I don't even know the two teams are playing. It's Phoenix and uh, OC, but it's on, it's on my TV because there are no other sports on. So if you give me hockey, I'm sure people are going to watch it no matter what. It's just, uh, at I mean, what cost, what I, Craig? At what I, cost? Exactly. You know, just lives, I guess. My thing is, like, I, it's not really like I'm angling for, like, you know, somebody's going to die from all this, even though I guess that is a possibility. It's more like the aspect of we still don't know all the long-term effects. So, yeah, we can get this tournament up and running now, and we can let half the players in the league or, like, a certain percentage of the league get possibly COVID. But then, like they're figuring out that it has huge impacts or it could lead to like potential damage to your lungs down the line. So as a pro athlete, I don't know if we want, like, I don't even know what percentage, like, I don't even know what a 
hypothetical percentage would be like a 20th of the league or like a 30th of the league gets it that's still you're still hampering a bunch of skill that should be in your league healthy and like there's no reason to kind of throw them into this you know i get the argument of like well you know a player could break their bone or like tear a ligament at any point in time it's like yeah but that's a usual concern with any athlete you play it's not like also global pandemic let's throw that on there for a little salt like make it a little exciting you know like that doesn't i don't know i don't think that's quite the same thing what if we just replace half the players with cake apparently you can just replace anything with cake and it's a a likely facsimile i I imagine the first check will probably take them apart because cake is very light and fluffy but however everything is cake now my my playstation 3 that i i use for streaming in my basement that's right the old one that's what that's it's got to be used for something that's it's actually just cake i mean if we're being honest we all kind of deserve everything to be cake right now at this point in time i mean it's been i've earned it you know i've had a week so i i would like to fucking show my face right cake right now (laughs) honestly a minor miracle that i'm not waking up and and eating cake for (laughs) any sort of dessert for breakfast every day like it is a minor miracle are you mean like right now? Yeah, oh, no, no, no. For breakfast, course, yeah. like just waking up. Yeah, at this point, you know, like, oh, the, the fact that I can like... put clothes on and eat a proper breakfast, lunch, and dinner is—I actually am shocked that I'm still at that point of sanity. And having a, a day job that I do from home probably really helps in that regard, or else it would be. I, have I ever talk, told you about the time I was? Um, I think the longest, no, the longest period I was unemployed was six months, but the first time. I went like a month being unemployed. Like I just, I was in my early twenties. I kept sleeping later and later, staying up later and later. I'd be like up till like 6am. And that, that was really the point where I realized I needed to change things where I stayed up until six. <laughs> and then I woke up at like 5pm, 6pm. And this was November. Oh. So the sun oh. I just woke up and I looked outside and I had missed the sun. I missed the. I, I, I was completely nocturnal at that point and some things needed to change. <laughs> so you started eating cake daily once you woke up and that's when you turned your life around. That that right eat the cake there. for breakfast. Be <laughs> Bill Cosby me right now. That's that the old. Not uh... Even close to a Bill Cosby. That's. <laughs> that is there is a bad. There's an old Bill Cosby. We don't need to talk about that though. We don't, that's, that's all, let's just wipe that from history. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, we don't have to talk about that. That's no good. Uh, I am not, I mean, I don't know if I've woken up and had cake for breakfast or ever desired it, but I would say if I started eating uh, cake for breakfast, I don't think my life would get worse. It would probably get better. I probably, it would probably make me happier in the morning. I might crash at like noon, but I would be happy in the morning. And, um, you know, you're probably not going to have a bad, I, I would like to see how many people have had a bad day when they have cake. Like, I I don't know. Feels like you cancel out anything bad that happened that day. I mean, don't test me with that theory. Please don't tweet me like something really depressing that happened. And you're like, but I had a birthday that day. So, but I feel like, you know, in general, cakes indicate a good day. Is this, yeah? I mean, yeah, in general, generally speaking, yes. <laughs> technically speaking yeah so i guess I, so that's why i think that's why i'm leaning towards i think the tournament's gonna be completed now i just feel like they're just gonna gloss over a lot of the quality competition stuff uh but you know let's just ignore that let's talk about the flowers getting back in the action folks um because apparently it's happening 
All the teams are traveling to the Hub Cities on July 26th. First Flyers game that you can actually watch, I, I would hope you'd be able to watch it, is the exhibition game they have on July 28th against the Penguins at 4 p.m. Because, again, time doesn't matter. Um, and also on that, that's the first day of exhibition games. The first, uh, the other games are Habs, uh, Leafs at 8 p.m. and then uh, Flames, Oilers at 10.30. And then uh, July 29th and 30th will be the rest of the exhibition games. Then the round robin schedule uh, starts on August second for the Flyers. I believe the first set of games actually start on the first. But uh, the are you telling me Flyers on, hockey? We we have Flyers hockey on the the horizon. I, I believe so. And also, I is this a full know, on Flyers forecast or do we have one coming up? Oh no, actually, soon? we might have one coming up. I might solve uh, another discussion we were talking about earlier before the show. Mm. But uh, we might be, yeah. So that's we uh, might not be. On the show on there. Yeah, programming uh, announcement to come, but uh, yeah, under quarantine, uh, you know, there's a replacement for a little forecast show, and the forecast show might be going back to normal soon. Wow, I guess. what a time so, to be alive! Oh, wow, time to be alive. Uh, but okay, so Flyers first game, actual game is August 2nd. It's the first game of their three in the round robin. So, the round robin again, top four teams in each conference, 12 teams make it. Uh, top four teams don't have to play in the qualifying round. So it would be uh, Flyers, Bruins, Lightning, and Caps all essentially have a first-round bye. They will play three games. They can't get knocked out at the end of this, uh, these three games. And then they will determine their seeding. So if all goes right, the Flyers win these games. Um, the games are which? August 2nd at 3 p.m. against the Bruins. Thursday, August 6th uh, against the Caps, which they haven't decided a time for. And then Sunday, August 9th. Uh, against the Lightning, which uh, hasn't, the time hasn't been decided for yet. But whatever, if they end up having the best record out of uh, the four teams in the round robin in the East, they'll have the first seed in the East. Uh, if they have the worst, they have the fourth seed, and then they'll just play uh, whatever seeds they match up with. But The great thing is the Flyers have nothing to lose with this. They have nothing to no, lose. The nothing to lose. They are literally in the They best would position. be the lowest seed if they lost every game, and they would be the lowest seed if these games didn't even happen. So yeah. it can only work out great for them. Yeah, them and and then on uh, on the West, like the Stars that are also the four seed, they they can all they can do is either go into the postseason where they are or possibly win their conference. So it is that's one of the nice uh, the, talking about the the Flyers being part of this quirky whole situation. This is one that actually benefits them pretty well. Uh, so uh, and by the the ninth, all of the qualifying round games will be done. I think a bunch of the game fives for the qualifying round are scheduled on the ninth at the latest. So they they uh, lined up the round robin schedule with the qualifying round. Flyers won't be completely rested, but they're going to play a lot lighter schedule than you know you would for a um, like the round robin games are going to be shootouts too. It's not going to be continuous overtime. So they're they're regular season games where you're just trying to accumulate points and it's not a life or death. Uh, you know, playoff series. So, um, looking at, but that's, uh, that's it. Speaking of Flyers, uh, we can talk about the Flyers camp though. Uh, the forwards, defensemen, and goalies that went. Uh, so there are 34 players here. If I'm doing the math right. And, uh, forwards, a lot of the usual names. Every player that was with the team when the season ended, plus, uh, Andy Andrioff, Andy, 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 uh, Andy, Morgan, Andy, Andy, Morgan Frost. Uh, the germ, German Rusoff, and Carson the Ford. G -G 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 so all these guys have I'm played sorry, in the you're, It's a nickname. <laughs> it's a murderous lineup of, of nicknames. It's a lot of, just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they get them in there. I got you. I got you. Um, so those were the only names that were 
uh, I believe currently with the Phantoms. They were players that had spent time with the Flyers this year, but were kind of wondering, you know, if a couple extra boards made the team, these were the guys. Also worth noting, uh, no Oscar Lindblom for obvious reasons. And then Nolan, uh, no Nolan Patrick, which, again, I'm not really too – I don't know. I'm not. I'm too not too about surprised, it. but I was. I was hopeful, but it's. I was hopeful too, uh, but you know, it is. It's again, just a thing you can't. I guess you still can't really. He has no control over it. Uh, right. So we're all just waiting for it, and it didn't matter. You know, it wasn't like when we were leaving. Um, it's one of those before the ball that it got better. It was getting like it, there was like signs of hope, but there was nothing that was concrete that was like, yep. And now we have a timeline. So it's still it's still up in the air for him. So I'm not really – I know that became like a topic of discussion this week, but I'm not – I don't know. I'm still not freaking out over Nolan Patrick. And the we'll talk about another guy I'm not really freaking out about defense. That, yeah, but yeah. The, the situation is that it is what it is with Nolan Patrick. It sucks to say, yeah. but it's not one of those things you want to rush because if you rush him back and he's not right, you could make that situation far worse than it is with his migraines. Oh, yeah. And migraines are absolutely brutal. I feel – really bad for the guy whatever he's going through and you don't want to exacerbate that you won't want to make it worse and and potentially put him in danger because if you're rushing back into a hockey game and you're not all the way right i mean that could just be disastrous for you if somebody levels you oh. with a big hit or something oh yeah 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 no it's a no it's a big deal and i mean also you know we've seen players with history of concussion issues like we don't need the i don't know we need we don't need the rushing back and i'm not I'm still really not worried about his timeline. I know he's been – he hasn't played at all this year. I get that. But, I don't know. I still think he can get to a point where he's able to put this past him and then he's able to get back on the ice. I mean, we're about to talk uh, not the not the same thing, but uh, one of the Masterman nominees, uh, Stephen Johns, he spent 22 months away from the NHL and then was able to recover from everything and come back from an issue that just looked like it was going to be something that kind of followed him for a while or like what a hampered his career for a while, but he was able to, I mean, turn it around somehow and got help and made it better. And now he is where he is. So I don't know. I'm not too, I don't know. It's upsetting, but it's, I'm not like, you're not shocked by it. Yeah. Yeah. I would actually be like going back to the point you made there. Like if he came back and he got hurt and he still, you know, it wasn't hundred percent. Like that's the end of his career. Like if he came back too early and then had like a, Scott Stevens type hit or something in the open ice, which isn't guaranteed, but still something crazy like that happens. Like he's just done. So I'd rather him. I don't, I don't need to rush him back out there, but like he isn't, you know, this isn't, there's not even a need. There's just going to be even like pressure from the organization to go do it. This isn't like a, they're not a team that doesn't, that lacks depth. And like, this is the last year in a cup window. It's like, you know, this is the start of when things start looking to get pretty good. You don't need to, <laughs> Don't need to make things worse. This is your health. Wings yeah. a few years back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so exactly, yeah. Um, and then defensemen. There's a ton of defensemen. So I went through them. Um, the usual. Uh, I said the usual six. And then I added Ghost because he played the one game and wasn't really considered a part of the top six for a little bit of time. So uh, usual de- defensemen plus Ghost, Mark Freeman, Igor Zamula, Andy Walensky, Nate Prosser. And Tyler Watherspoon. I'm hoping we don't get to the point of the COVID Cup where I have to watch Tyler Watherspoon play a game for the Flyers. That's what I'm hoping for. That for me. By the way, when Watherspoon, if he's playing top four minutes at any point in time, 
I think you know where I stand on if the quality of competition has fallen off too much. Spoonman's <laughs> ready where... for clutch time, Craig. Spoonman <laughs> is here. <laughs> Spoonman! Yeah, that would be my... Spoonman! If, uh, yeah, if Soundgarden gets in the top four, that's when I'm going to start. Or Andy Walensky. I know we've, you know, waiting for Wellesley. Wellesley? Wait, wait, wait. I'm still waiting for Wellesley. Yeah. And then Nate's all crosser. We got nicknames for half these guys already. By, oh, by the way, Mark, Zimula, not Elliot Friedman. <laughs> Zamola though? I'll I'll watch Zamola. I look, I can be talking to Zamola Brown third pairing right now, I think, if we're being honest about it. Uh and of course uh, bench pros. Bench what? <laughs> bench pros. Oh yeah. I want with Nate Dog Prosser, but I like uh, I'm I'm fine Prosser. with that Nate Dog Prosser. Yeah, so. so hopefully, yeah, hopefully those three never touch the fucking ice. Uh Walensky, Prosser, <laughs> and Wathenburg. That would be a oh my god, the Flyers have like fifteen COVID cases and they just get that would be those guys getting that. That would uh, be like Mueller again. That would like, be like the game know. where where Provorov played like thirty minutes against St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, we just yeah. <laughs> Which we might get to a point here. The Flyers just run on defenseman, and then Provost got to play like fucking 45 minutes because he's still been, I don't know, he's still wrestling bears and running up on mountains over in Russia or whatever he does to train. The guy's a freak, so he's he's been waiting for hockey, yeah. I don't know if he's ever left the ice. Um, but Igor Zmula, again, yeah, that would be one I kind of, you know, that would be the one. I don't want people to get COVID. I want to see him somehow get into the lineup, and I feel like that would be, this would be the one situation we'd see him this year would be the, the postseason. I think he might have a chance to get some action next year, but um, maybe if you know, shit well, especially goes down if form. like Braun doesn't come back next year. Yeah, yeah, and that that's uh that goes into the the Freeman signing, which I guess we'll get we'll get to that in a second. But yeah, if big Braun doesn't news. come back, that'll, that'll be a lot of big a lot of big news on the defense this week. So wait, what's the Freeman oh, nickname then? Oh wait, not Elliot. There you go. Okay. Yeah, not Elliot. Yeah, which is a good one. That's a solid one. Or uh, yeah, I think I think Bill's angry with Friedman before too. But Friedman I think Fried, works too. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, goalies are the three Fried you would expect: <laughs> Carter Hart, Brian Elliott, Alex Line. I don't know if you really seen that one, but and then also uh, Kirill Yuzdemenko. So little Uzi Vert uh, had a nine nineteen save percentage of thirty one games with Reading in the ECHL with the Royals, and then eight eighty nine save percentage of five games with Lehigh Valley in his first North American season. Trade him. Um, yeah, fuck him. I mean, he didn't, you know, the, I don't see any numbers in the NHL because I guess that means he's not good enough. So I guess we should get him out of town. No, I think I had him, if I remember correctly, and I don't because this was at the beginning of quarantine and I, nothing's real anymore. I think I put him 25th on my top 25 under 25 because I thought he had a pretty good season. And now it seems like he's getting rewarded for that by, uh, I mean, if things break right for him, he might see NHL time. But he's in the bubble. Uh, he's in the bubble. He's got he's hashtag in the bubble, which is uh, all you can ask for at this point if you're a player. Like if you, you know, there's he's each team was asked to bring looking in. <laughs> that's damn. That's a good. That's a good stained reference right there. But I guess uh, if you go into the bubble and you get COVID, that's the price to play. So that's uh, you know, it's got another. We can do screen references all night long, <laughs> and it won't get any better. So, like, do you? Where am I crazy with the quality comment? Like, do you think there's still? I hope there's no way they get it done. If that makes sense. Like, I feel like because I don't think there's any way they can completely remove. I'm saying this living in America though, because I know the numbers in Canada have gotten better. So I still don't think there's any way they kind of eliminate. 
the cases to zero in the bubble and still prevent it from spreading. I'm glad they're not doing it in Orlando. I'll say that much. Yeah, no, I was going to say, like, this is where I was. This is why I was saying before. Just just for reference, the NBA is doing their tournament in Orlando. And Florida had so many COVID cases the other day that if they were a country, they would have been the third largest country as far as, like, number of COVID (laughs) cases in San Diego. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. That's, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's a... Yeah, so at least they're not there. I, okay. I don't know. I'm I'm really I am just going with the flow, man. Just take it as it comes. Flow, and I'm just trying to remain optimistic. And that's it, you know? Like I'm not if gonna they, worry. Look, I'm not gonna worry about tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> look, if they I'll give credit where credit's due. If they somehow do this and the tournament gets off and it's not and I'm not watching like Andy Walensky playing top pairing minutes in the Stanley Cup final. And there's no like crazy behind the scenes thing that we hear about, like, oh, well, they held back from like 50 positive test cases and 50 players are playing with. It's like nothing like that comes out. This is probably the biggest accomplishment the league's had in a while. You but, don't want to see like the germ versus Brian Rust <laughs> in the <laughs> Slam Barn Rust. Yeah, that would be a yeah. The germ should not be playing top six minutes in the Eastern Conference Final. Is what I'm getting at. So. uh but I mean, if they, I don't know. Maybe Gary Bettman will surprise us all. And I think Brian Rust is I a think, nobody. A nobody. <laughs> One of them being in Edmonton is a big deal because I, you know, I, who's going to yeah. give them? Like who's out in Edmonton? Can you just like Toronto give it still, to Calgary already? Like it's it's. Should just done Edmonton and Calgary. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. Vancouver, come on, just plenty of state. Quebec's had an empty yeah. stadium sitting there hockey ready for like 10 years now. Just put it in oh, What a tease. What a cocktail. If you were just like, you guys want this hockey tournament? And then just the government NHL team afterwards. Just oh, Quebec had hockey for like brutal. two months. In <laughs> a way. never again. In a way, I'd really enjoy it. And in another way, yeah, I'd feel I'd feel pretty bad. You know? I, I, kinda, I, like to, I also I wouldn't like feel bad. Batman being an asshole just like talking to like Quebec fans like see that team that's the Coyotes they're going back to Arizona after this so you guys don't have a team all right yeah anyway guess what we're gonna make it work with Arizona this time for realsy it's gonna happen (laughs) Miami not going anywhere we're going nowhere (laughs) where you going uh well speaking of places uh players I, I got nothing AV is up for the deck out. Did you have one after I mean, the break? <laughs> <laughs> we're just we're just gonna insert like you you know those podcasts where they say like after the break and they just insert a break, but there's yeah. there's no ad or anything. They there's just no like, build up. Fit, like <laughs> ten seconds of like a snippet of their theme where it's like dun, 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 dun. and it's like and we're back. Yeah. Okay. Just not that. Like, probably, just we just keep break. going <laughs> and going. No breaks. No intermissions. <laughs> You're on the ride. There's no getting off the ride. I'm sorry. And speaking yeah. of rides, the Jack Adams. No, this is not a good transition. Let's talk about the Jack Adams. Let's talk about the Jack Adams. They announced the finalists for the Jack Adams today. And two of them are not a surprise, but one of the names on there it was a big surprise. One well, was a little surprising. Yeah. So uh, I guess it is a roller coaster boy. ride, Craig. <laughs> and it's a crazy ride. And we're hoping our boy, uh, Elaine Mignot, can come home with it. Because he is a finalist for the Jack Adams, and deservedly so. So, A.V., John Tortorella of the Blue Jackets, which we've been talking about for a while. 
And then not Mike Sullivan of the Penguins, but Bruce Cassidy of the uh, Boston Bruins Bruce is the third Cassidy. nominee. Bruce Cassidy. Now look. Cassidy, are you shitting me, writers? <laughs> what the hell is this garbage? Oh my god! So look. you're gonna tell me? No, do not stop me. You're gonna tell me that Bruce Cassidy deserves to win Coach of the Year for having one of the best <laughs> rosters in the NHL, for having Patrice Bergeron, who basically pisses gold, according to all the writers, uh, for having Tuka Rask, who's one of the best goalies in the league, having Pasternak, one of the best goal scorers in the league, and also having one of the best backups, one of the best reliable defensemen, and just great defensive core overall. Give me a break. Marshan, like, ugh, the Bruins are yeah. stacked. Cassidy does not belong there. Yeah, this is like coach, very don't much. Don't get me wrong, but this is like great job with all the great talent. I that's very much what it is. Like I think he's done a fine job, but at the same time, he's got some toys to work with up there in Boston. I mean, their top line is like regarded John as the best line in hockey, and like that was yeah, like the best John line. Tortorella's got a bunch of no names: Seth Jones, Zach Wierenski, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, and like. So, yeah, Pasternak is one of the best goal scorers in the league right now. That top line is nuts. Pergeron is always up for a finalist for the Selkie. Jadino uh, Char is still fine. Like, he's not what he used to be, but he's still a pretty damn good defenseman. And Raskin, yeah, Raskin on the locker just have been nuts. And a lot of the system plays into it, but, again, he has a lot of help up there. So it feels like one of those where they were like, you know, that's a good team, but he also did pretty well with them. But when a guy like... I don't know how many times I'm going to do this, but like, I don't know how you make the case for Cassie, but not Mike Sullivan. Like, I thought there was no doubt the three nominees were just going to be A.V., Sullivan, and and Tortorella this year. Those were the three, I thought they were the three most clear-cut. Again, I still go to bat for Dave Tippett, too, because I know, sure, McDavid and Dreisaitl, but you tell me who else is there in, in Edmonton, and also it wasn't like Mika Kokoskin was fucking lighting, the, like, lighting up the crease every night. He didn't get carried in any way. He just made the Oilers play defense, and now they are. They almost had a first round buy too. So like, like it, I don't, one thing I don't get Bruins, the Bruins. Thing. Yeah, if, I don't if get the Bruins it. came out of nowhere and were a right. first place team this year. I get it, but yeah, it's just like the they thing. were a team that was expected to be good, and they've been really good. Great. Yeah, like I. So I that was one of the points I was going to make for AV because I think, and honestly, I've kind of been like I always try and argue against like I guess like. The subjective answer because you know that's who I am on the bus go, but I AV should win it this year. He really has a strong case. I know he has the best case for looking at coaching and actually seeing him have an impact. That's why I don't understand the Cassie one because he had the team that needed one more win to stand win a Stanley Cup and they brought back pretty much the same roster. What the fuck did he do this year to be coach <laughs> of the year? Like what did he tweak to but AV came into a system uh what was it? So out of the fourteen, out of the eight teams that have a bye uh, going into this postseason, the Flyers are the only team that weren't in the postseason last year. The Bruins and Blues were in the Stanley Cup final. The the Avs and the Stars lost in the second round, and then the Caps, Lightning, and Golden Knights all lost in the first round. The Flyers are the only team that went from being not in the postseason to being one of the best teams in the conference. Um, like, and I AV, actually think John Cooper from the Lightning has a better argument than Bruce Cassidy. I would I, Cooper at least like turned around yeah. a team that kind of stunk in the first half. Yeah, and they would have had no reason to they would be not there would be no motivation to finish high in the conference because you saw last year what does that do for him. So like I could I could hear a John Cooper case. Yeah. 
Um, but also the other thing it's with AV too AV, is right. It's got to be AV. Nobody I'm is lose my mind if AV doesn't win this year. Yeah, like nobody is scoring for. They're not leaning on one person. That's the other thing against Cassie too. Connecting leads all flyers with 24 goals, which was tied for 44th in the league, and 61 points, which was tied for 32nd. That's their best point producing. Again, the the Bruins' top line was uh, goal scored where Poshnik had 48, Bergeron had 31, and Marshan had 28. The entire top line had each player had more goals than the Flyers' top goal scorer. And then you put Tuukka Rask in net, and you put Chara and McAvoy in the blue line. Like we we know how good Chara is and yeah, so like the, the the argument for Tortorella is the usual. I feel like the usual case for the coach that wins, which is just like clearly injury plagued team, still pulls them into a playoff spot. Um, and again, if you want to go that route with Tortorella, if Tortorella wins this year, fine. But really, like maybe, because yeah, like honestly, it's a toss up for either one. Elvis Merzlikens was his goalie. Elvis Mer- yeah, I'll read through. Yeah, but st- okay. So <laughs> the whole thing with the, uh, making the point about how Konechny was the top point scorer for the Flyers with 61. Pierre Luc Dubois led the Blue Jackets with 49 points, and that's the playoff team. That, exactly. He's good, but 49 points is fucking nothing. That's I don't even know how a team like how like yeah. But and then Merz Lincoln. I feel, Lincoln, like, I feel like you're analyzing like somebody's diet who eats very little, and you're like. <laughs> He's basically he's just eating mustard packets and the occasional slice of bread. That's basically nothing. I don't know how he's, he's alive. I don't know how he's running every day. I don't know how he's working out. I don't get it. I don't know how he just hasn't. Yeah. He beat up uh, a grizzly bear. I don't get it. <laughs> but like, and the goaltending was good for him, but it wasn't like Merzlikens. Yeah, nine twenty three save percentage and five shots in thirty three games. Jonas Corpusalo nine eleven save percentage, two shots in thirty seven games. Those are both very good save percentages, but. Uh, Warinsky, like the only help they really had was Warinsky and Seth Jones had big ears, and like two defensemen shouldn't be a thing that keeps your entire team afloat when they're just getting injured and you lost Panarin and Duchesne and your starting goalie last year. So like again, the Tortorella angle I get this year lose three major components. Everybody on your team is just getting like injured left and right, and then you still drag them to a playoff spot. It really doesn't matter how you do it at that point. Like it's still, I just I think that deserves recognition, but. I have always had a thing with Jack Adams where I feel like it usually just goes to the team where it is like all injuries and great goaltending or just like that team got extremely lucky with PDO or it's just like a coach that really, I don't know. But like AV, you can see the, you can see the impact he had on the team from year to year. Like you can, but you, you don't see all give positive. it to just the coach of the best team because no, you don't. Oh yeah. Oh no, you don't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Cause you give it to somebody who kind of moved yeah, out like who did something unusual yeah. yeah cassidy it's again like you do i respect that's the job he's done because they're a great team but they're a great team then i think they'd be a great team with most coaches yeah exactly like and again because cassidy is a good coach i'm sure there are gonna be other years where he is going to get them into a, a better position to win there's probably gonna be years where they have to do something like win without rask or win without one of those top three players on the line but like let's give it to him that year not the year where it's like returning Stanley Cup final team is still good. Like, that doesn't make sense. I don't think that's a good argument for he should win coach of the year. I yeah, know, you maybe so. take away, like, you know, their entire top line and Rask and we can talk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then, like, even guys, and I guess this is where it gets into, like, the debate of, like, if these guys just got lucky and, like, played well for him or if he kind of cultivated. But, like, a guy like Jake DeBrusque, who's just, like, pumping in goals there, too, doesn't get talked about a lot. 
Like that's a guy in their depth that I don't think people realize kind of how deep the Bruins are. Like the Bruins are a pretty loaded team and they're scary to play against in the postseason. And a lot of that is Cassidy's system, but yeah, just the fucking skill up there is, I don't know. They're just a hard playoff team to play. So yeah. Uh, Again, with AV, you just have to respect what he's done with this team that Dave Haxtall could not maximize for the the life of him. Also, and also because we're about to talk about it right now, overcoming something like one of the guy, one of the beloved guys in the locker room gets cancer and it's just out of the locker room and you somehow are able to turn that into like he somehow helped the team stay together through it. Like that's something that could kind of make a team lose focus throughout the year or kind of be like, well, there's other, there are bigger things at task here, but he kind of helped the flyers through that and helped them to where they were. And Luckily, Limblom's fine now, but Limblom, uh, our boy Oski boy, um, the Swedish tank, is uh, up for the Masterton Trophy. Uh, and just given to the player who best exemplifies the qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to hockey. We've talked about this. Uh, we talked about it a couple of weeks, uh, weeks ago with uh, the Masterton and how this year is going to be real. It's going to be tough. I, I'm glad I don't have to decide who wins this one because uh, <laughs> it's down to Oscar Limblom, who was diagnosed with Ewing sarcoma, bone uh, cancer back in December. Just completed his final chemo treatment earlier in July. Um, 18 points in 30 games this year. And I went through, uh, I don't know if you saw it this week, Steve, uh, Alex Pruitt's piece on uh, Sports Illustrated about Limblom, but it went through just like Limblom's daily experience with everything and the chemo treatments. And, you know, chemo, everything related with cancer sucks as is, but it's still it's still just incredible to read the shit that people go through and never comment. So, and that's that was Oscar Limbaugh this year. And um, again, I'm not going to get into downgrading whatever the hell Stephen Johns and Bobby Ryan have gone through too, because those aren't exactly walks in the park. But I just, I'm glad I'm not picking the the, the winner this year. Um, Stephen Johns. Oh, wait, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. As we said before, the Masters is just a bizarre, it's, bizarre it's just award, a and I, I can't even imagine. I, like, uh, I don't. I know. feel like. It's yeah, I feel deciding like who wins the Master Ten is just—it's kind of a distressing experience. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but and I feel like—and I was just trying to make this point. Uh, I don't know if I made it last week or said it before, but like, usually there's not because there's going to get focused on a lot this year because a lot of it's based on like turmoil for players away from the ice. But it's not always given to. Like, usually there's only one case like Limblom or Johns or Ryan where they're overcoming some huge, like, individual, like, hurdle off the ice. And then usually it's, like, two other players, like, oh, Brian Dubinsky, uh, you know, didn't suck and he scored 15 goals this year. Wow, he's still dedicated to hockey. Like, it's, like, one serious option and then two bullshit options. And you're like, all right, well, clearly the guy that overcame. Kenny Malkin was a superstar again after being... Just pretty good last year. Yeah, just pretty good with a big nose last year. Yeah. But like these are all three, like these three are all, you can't fucking, I don't know. Uh, Steven Johns, though. I mean, we'll talk about the other two. Steven Johns missed 22 months due to post traumatic headaches uh, and dealt dealt with severe depression, was going, I, I forget who uh, mentioned in the article, but they said he was doing things like he'd wake up and mentally, like, kind of scribe out his suicide notes before he got out of bed that day. So, like, that state of depression and going through that for almost two months and, I mean, compiled by the headaches and everything, and then to ultimately come back and be able to play at the highest level is borderline insane. Like, that's an insane accomplishment. And, again, 
should be rewarded. So I, I'm not. It's just then, like I almost feel like they should just give out a bunch of these, and they might honestly. Person is just crazy. This this could be. It kind of feels like a year where they should be like, you know what? Yeah, because the Bobby Ryan suit. Ryan was a. Uh, Left the centers in late November to enter the NHL NHLPA player assistance program to deal with an alcohol problem, returned in February and recorded a hat trick in his first game back in Ottawa. So he battled alcoholism and was able to come back and played pretty well uh, when he came back on the ice. But again, you know, cancer, severe depression, and then battling alcohol is like those are three. Those it are all like, noteworthy accomplishments. Like those are all things that you should, yeah. Like they should it's not do. Stuff that should be ranked. It's not. A, no, it's, it's not, not a competition. It's not, yeah, it's not. Yeah. A no, yeah, it's it's not treated as a competition, but I, you know, just because I know everybody casts their vote for they think is most deserving. But deciding who's most deserving when we're talking about these kind of categories is. No, this bizarre. one is definitely. Yeah, this one is definitely bizarre. And again, I think it just comes down to like, you know, if we get like a couple years of this where it's like three. Like, like, can you imagine, like, just Limblom overcoming cancer and then not getting the award for perseverance like this year? Do you know that's a little weird? I'm not saying the other two things are not noteworthy either. It's just like this award was made for each of these guys to get it this year, which is why it's going to be. Although, again, it was a weird year for that type of shit to happen. I guess it would be. I guess it would be this fucking year, right? Just with the way all this shit's going, but. Whatever. Uh, winners are announced during the conference finals. <laughs> and then uh, previous Flyers, uh, Masterton winners. 1972, Bobby Clark won for overcoming diabetes to play in the NHL. Tim Kerr won in 1989. Honestly, he just over, he played, so that's why. But he returned to score 48 goals and 40 assists for 88 points in very nice 69 games after overcoming severe knee and shoulder injuries as well as a septic meningitis uh, the season before. And Steve, you can explain to everybody what that is because we definitely know what it is. But uh, Let me pull my lab coat and describe it all to you. <laughs> Dr. Steve Jaco is here. I am not a doctor of anything. I can't begin to tell you about anything <laughs> medical at all. I don't know why I pictured you like walking into a doctor's office and somebody going, doctor, could you? And you're just like, I already told you I'm not a doctor. So please calm down with that. <laughs> I've repeatedly said I'm not question. a doctor. I just look great in a lab coat. Yeah, so please ask I, me all I your questions. I... <laughs> as much medically as Dr. Spichemin from 30 Rock, and that's, that, ain't, <laughs> that ain't much. I do love like the uh, the trope of just every doctor or like because like the doctor on that show was nuts. Uh, the doctor on like Family Guy was an idiot. The pharmacist on Superstore is like the biggest asshole. Like they're always just like the worst people to have like medical degrees yeah. <laughs> and like dull out medical advice. <laughs> But um, uh, who was the oh Ian Laperriere? I guess technically didn't win, the, win it with the Flyers, but he won it in 2011 because he's the post concussion syndrome after he blocked the shot in 20. Did you know Ian Laperriere blocked the shot in 2010, Steve? With his mouth. If, uh, we ever talk about that? Yeah, apparently led to him. Yeah, led to him getting a job with the Flyers. I don't know what about, but um, yeah. So those were so Limblom could become the fourth Masterton uh, Trophy winner for the Flyers, um, and. Yeah, I mean, cool, cool for Oscar. Uh, but I think the, the the greatest part is the fact that he has gone through all his treatments and hopefully he'll be playing uh, hockey in orange and black soon. Uh, I just very proud of Oscar, Oscar boy for Oscar boy going through what he has and and staying strong. And it's just great to see him out there. And 
great to see him uh, healthy and happy and just hopefully yeah. and also keeps going well. well while we're talking about that the swedish stank apparently was accompanied a lot by uh, robert Hegg. so we do dunk on Hegg a lot but he was there for limblom a lot apparently throughout this whole uh cancer process with like helping him like making them meals and shit and uh, just kind of being there for him and everything. So, uh, you know, Robert Hag, not good on the ice. the yeah. wingman. <laughs> not great on ice, off ice. A lovable personality. So, uh, but looking at these other awards, let's uh, talk about the Ted Lindsay Award. Goes to the league's best player voted on by the NHLPA. And honestly, this doesn't it doesn't vary too much from the Hart Trophy, but the, the finalists this year are Leon Dreisaitl, Nathan McKinnon, and Artemi Panarin. Um, none of these players have won the award before. And like I was saying, um, since the full season lockout of the 14 winners to date, not including this group, uh, nine players that have won the hard trophy have also won the Ted Lindsay award. So there's a, it feels like there's a decent chance that Leon Dreisaitl is just going to win it this year because he's probably going to win the heart too. But uh, Leon Dreisaitl, league high 110 points, uh, 43 goals, league high six, 67 assists in 71 games, 13 more points than McDavid. Who was second on the Oilers, 97. Nathan McKinnon, 93 points in 69 games. Very nice amount of games. Kale McCarr was second on Colorado with 50 points. And uh, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. 43 more points than McCarr, uh, who was second on the Avs in scoring. I believe uh, the whole argument for Taylor Hall a couple years ago was he had 41 more points than Paul Mary or whatever. So it is kind of – I do think that angle is a little bit funny just considering uh, – I don't know. I'm not really arguing that dry settle should have won it. Uh, and then our time really here. not enough heart to, to not win enough. Yeah. He had yeah. way too much help because Valtteri Filippo was a two C that year. And then Artemi Panarin, 95 points, uh, 32, which goals in six, nine games a season, 20 more points. And Mika Zabinichad, who had 75, 41 of which were goals. That's kind of Zabinichad. Yeah. Uh, and then previous, uh, and then uh, to my point about the heart and, uh, Ted Lindsay award. So, uh, both these guys won the, the, the Pearson Award. Uh, Clark in 72-73 and Lindros in 94-95 and they both won the heart in those seasons as well. So, Pretty, uh, pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. If I had to take, I mean, yeah, if I had to take, I guess I'd go with Dreisaitl who, honestly, was pretty good this year. I Dreisaitl or if they wanted to give it to McKinnon either, that would be, uh, that'd be fine. Panarin was nuts this year, um, but, yeah, I mean, I can't really, I don't know. I'm not going to advocate for that. Uh, Calder Trophy, Two of the two names everybody was expecting, Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr. And then also the third one was Dominic Kubelik, who I was kind of – I was throwing out there I thought was maybe not the obvious third choice, but I thought I felt like it should have been considering he was uh, third in rookie scoring with 46 points in 68 games. Uh, the first – the only two players ahead of him being Hughes, who led all rookies with 45 assists and 53 points, and then Kale McCarr, who was second with 50 points. Uh, but – Kubelik had 30 goals, which led rookies, and he was one of 17 30-goal scorers this season. Uh, and even though he played with John Taze most of the season, which maybe helped him, although, I don't know, it is 2020 and it is Jonathan Taze. Uh, 30 goals as a rookie for a team that really shouldn't be in any sort of postseason is kind of kind of incredible because that just means it was him and, like, Kane and Dabrinkit scoring out there. So I thought he had a pretty good season. He's not going to win it. Uh, it really comes down to these two. It just came down to who's going to have the uh, honor of being the third finalist that wasn't in it. So I think Kublik is a good choice. Uh, and honestly, Hughes and McCarr, I don't really have – I don't really lean either way, um, which uh, which one deserves to have it more. I think they both have pretty damn good cam- campaigns, and uh, I can hear arguments for either one, honestly. So 
I uh, I do. I don't know. I do really like watching the car more though. You know, well, I have to gotta watch more. No flyers ever. Down to. I, I think I'm. I don't know. Like what I'm leaning my car. Watching more. Just what it all. I've about. enjoyed. Yeah, I enjoyed. I enjoyed my car more, honestly. Uh, but I haven't watched. I mean, I didn't watch a lot of Vancouver this year. But and of course, uh, no, no flyers ever won it, as you were saying, and that's because they're too busy facing. Uh, 40 year old men when they're up for it <laughs> yeah that's pretty much yeah yeah they should have had it but one of the guys that was up for uh the Lindsay award this year was also a rookie at the age of 38 back then yeah so and uh as steve as we're very familiar with uh lady bing another trophy no flyers ever won uh is down to nathan mckinnon ryan o'reilly and austin matthews this year which is uh it's a little concerning because the lady bang is supposed to be given to the player that has presented the most gentlemanly conduct uh on and off the ice i think is the award i think that's part of it but it's pretty much given to a player that uh didn't fight anybody uh, wasn't a dick to the media or anything and then had like five penalty minutes so didn't terrorize a female security guard yeah yeah usually that's not who's you know but i guess they changed it up this year so uh Nathan McKinnon, 93 points in 12 penalty minutes in 69 games. Never been a finalist for Lady Bing. Ryan O'Reilly, this has become an old hat for him. Uh, 61 points, 10 pims in 71 games this season. Won the Lady Bing in 2013-14. Also came in second in 2017-18 and 2018-19. Austin Matthews uh, would have an interesting case if he kept it on ice. Uh, 80 points, 8 pims in 70 games this season. Never a finalist. Finished eighth in voting in 2017-18 and 2018-19. However... You guys remember when we were it's probably around a year ago now. Uh, he had gotten into an incident when he was back in Arizona. The incident was apparently him and a couple of buddies got slammed and then tried to open up the door of a female security guard's car when she was working alone at like 2 a.m. And then after they couldn't get into the car when they were walking away, I think he flashed her. But uh, yeah, the whole um, mooned her. I mean, it doesn't really make a difference. You know, you're showing body parts anyway. But the. He's also got the creepiest mustache in the league. And that's, yeah, that's also should work against you if you're trying to win the Lady Bang. I feel like they should factor that in. Actually, I, you know what? I'll be honest, I've never understood this award to start with, but the fact that Matthews that. is up for it by whatever insane definition they seems, have for it is a complete joke. Yeah, it seems like it's flying in the face of the, of the award. But I was going to say, real quick on the, the mustache thing. I, I put something in the notes with Warinsky. Did you see his mustache and mullet he's got going on? No, I'm going to check this out right now. Yeah, he looks up it's like it's in the, yeah. It's, we should uh, get some like action news, like kind of music <laughs> for this, like bump, bump, bump. And it's just me typing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, because it looks, I mean, he's, he's going for a look and he got it. So congrats to Zach Warinsky on looking like. The bassist of Molly Hatchet or whatever you're—I don't know what you're going for, but you got it. Uh, so yeah, but Austin Matthews probably shouldn't win this. Oh, and, holy uh... shit, that is a good one. <laughs> he looks straight up out of the '80s, like, he, like yeah, he's he hanging out. Like... He's hanging out in the corner of the bar at Ro- in Roadhouse or something. <laughs> he looks like one of the older guys that would have been like at the arcade and Stranger Things. It feels like that's exactly where he would be placed into. The '80s yeah. is a very yeah. He's got. Yeah, he's he's got that look going. So, like he's got, he's listening to White Snake. He's got a cigarette dangling <laughs> out of his mouth. He's got a muscle car. What my stang? Yeah, yeah, it's an '83. It's not. A, yeah, it's all right. That's his. Uh, that's his dance. Uh, Vesna Trophy and Willie O'Ree Community Hero Award announced 
tomorrow, so you guys will know that before we talk about it on the podcast. Uh, lucky bastards. Uh, Selkie and Norris announced on Monday, and then the Hart nominees announced on Tuesday. And the Hart nominees, here, here's the segue I didn't even plan it. Hart nominees are for the MVP of the league. However, the Flyers MVP this year for a second year in a row will be Sean Couturier, who won the Bobby Clark Trophy as the Flyers MVP for a second straight season. He's only two wins overall. Uh, before Couturier's back-to-back win, Strew had won five of the previous eight Bobby Clark trophies with Voracek taking home two and Simmons taking home the other one in that eight-year span. So, again, not really going to talk about it for too long. You guys know how good Sean Couturier is. And I will say, I didn't want to use this part of the show to say, I think an underrated element of this Flyers playoff team is having two top six centers that can cover a line defensively and still possibly produce. Uh, Sean Couturier and Kevin Hayes, I have no qualms about matching up against another team's top six, which is something, uh, you know, we've always had the nice advantage of Couturier. And then, like I said before, about Terry fucking Filpula filling in for the two series. So now that we have an actual functioning person that can actually play defense and move up and down the ice and maybe stick to another opponent like Glove and not give him time and space, I think think that's a huge thing that'll come down. to this, I like the Flyers. I mean, what fools you were, Stephen Craig, of a year ago. What <laughs> fools you were. Hey, I mean, again, let's see where the end of this contract goes. But I, I think to me, if they, if they somehow win a, a cup within this contract, it's worth a contract, obviously. And with the way the Flyers are built these next couple of years, they're, I think they're built like teams that win. And they're gonna take. They're gonna have a couple swings here. So if they win a cup in the first three or four years of that contract, I don't care if he puts up ten points the rest of the contract. It'll be worth it. So, uh, but there's a long way to go until that. But yep, let's talk about uh, more stuff, Steve. You got uh, was, you ready to talk about that was a super <laughs> weird yep from you, and I I very much enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, because I'm trying to like try and piece together. Uh, I mean, we're just going to talk about a lot about defense coming up. So and after the break, uh, we talk about. <laughs> a lot of defense at all levels so let's start with uh start with the flyers we'll start with mark freeman and shane gossesphere so mark freeman signed a two-year extension worth 725k cap hit a season this comes after he had one assist two pims two shots on goal on six shot attempts and averaged 1335 atomic ice in six games for the flyers this season that's my fry guy and uh spent most of the time with hag this season underlying numbers were terrible uh, but they did break even in goals for two, four, and two against while they were on the ice at five and five. I think this is the ideal signing for a seventh defenseman. I have no, if you put Freeman in the box every night and then he plays like 13, 15 games a year, I'm absolutely fine with that. I don't care about his underlying numbers. I saw the upside to him being uh, the guy that came in in a pinch to serve as a bottom of the barrel, like seventh defenseman. Uh, and I think he's fine at that. Like he's a guy I don't think he's not a guy I worry about his growth sitting in the box, I guess. Um, and I think his skill set kind of indicates he may not have that much more room to grow. But yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I'm fine that's, with him being a yeah. That's what you want from a seventh defenseman. You want a guy you don't mind collecting a little dust up in the press box, eating those flyer shaped pretzels. Uh, yeah. But you know, can step in there and play solid hockey when you need him to. Yeah, and again, that's that would be my assumption right now. But if they don't. If they end up not signing Braun, uh, it could become any, and he's right-handed. Steve, I know you like the, the handedness on each side, uh, but that could, he could angle for a third pairing guy. And again, 
if he's the weakest link on the team next year, I guess it won't be the end of the year or the end of the world. But I really don't like the idea of a possible uh, uh, Hag Freeman third pair just going into the season. But a lot of moving pieces, and I mean, listen, as, my, as it's always correct, my NHL franchise always a correct assumption of how the future off. flyers yeah. will go yeah i chose not to re-sign braun because he had a very heavy asking price i think he ended up making like six plus million somewhere okay so it's way too much for braun wanted no part of that so i went ahead and i i promoted wellsy <laughs> shit okay yes i got tired of waiting for wellsy and now he is a a perfectly fine bottom pair guy for yeah, so in that case so, yeah we're gonna get them you're gonna be able to finish that season before the next flyer season starts why don't you tell me how i should feel about friedman being a possible like let me know how how wellesley turns out and then i'll say friedman should be the third pairing guy for next year mm, okay. i guess uh, this is science yeah. guys it's just pure it's science just, yeah, and you know, you don't always have to listen to the science as we're discovering, but we'll put it out it's there. From the same guy who made Eric Gustafson into a Norris winning defenseman, <laughs> Eric Wellwood too. Eric like, Wellwood yeah. into into a top line center or uh, winger rather. So yeah, just it's all science. It's all accurate. Yeah, it's and all, it's all just it's you know it, it's no Stradamus oh, baby. Happened. Yeah, uh, and Freeman. <laughs> Freeman uh, will be part, you know, he might get more playing time and it might be based on whether or not this guy is still here next year. That is Shane Gossespierre, who, uh, according to Adam Kimmelman, uh, had arthroscopic surgery on his right knee seven weeks ago around the week of June 25th uh, after having surgery on his left knee in January. Uh, he's working his way back, hoping to be ready for the playoffs. And as Kimmelman said, uh, apparently the injury was far enough out or the surgery was far enough out from the camp slash games that it shouldn't be the thing that keeps him from returning to the lineup, but he could still be rusty slash recovering from that while he gets in the camp. So if he's not in the starting lineup, it sounds like it's a coach's decision rather than he is still not healthy to go. Uh, but again, it could be the, the coach's decision could be kind of helped along by whether or not he's still, you know, shaking off the rust from not exactly being out there for all this. Um, it's nice to have only- that flexibility. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, only took part in two of the team's last 26 games. Uh, 0-2-0 with him in the lineup, 19-4-1 without him in the lineup. So I think, you know, I always go based off team records for everything. Uh, that's what I'm going off of. But honestly, though, at this point, I mean, I, I'm i starting to listen to the ideas of trading ghosts. I, it's been a long time since it, it's, it's been a while since we've seen a normal ghost outing. Um, so if they... You know, if we don't see it again this postseason and they don't trade him in the offseason, he looks the same to start next season. I get it. I I mean, there's I get not hold on to a guy forever. I still think he's going to hit where he hit in 2017-18 at some point in time. Don't know when that's going to be. And if they aren't confident in him hitting it at any point in time in Philly, then it is what it is, I guess. But I still am holding out hope for something. You absolute monster. You're I know. Cool. I, you know, I'm not, again, I want to oh. see how the, the knee injuries, the knee surgeries on both knees does not sound good to me. And Ghost is a guy that it comes down to a lot of mobility, uh, you know, quick shifts, a lot of cutting with the puck. And uh, two knee surgeries to me does not say, yeah, these got better. So I'll just leave it at that. Um, oh. But I I do want to, I, I do love Ghost. I do love me. I, I do love the Ghost shimmy, and I want to see. God, if you put like 
peak ghost on this team, this team's fucking scary. Like, if you just put a guy in a low responsibility position on the third pair, give him high leverage situations with, like, ozone draws, and just let him dance and produce, I think, like, that could be a huge X factor. But again, I haven't seen it for a bit of time. I want to see it again. I got to see a little bit of it before I start, you know, going six to midnight over it. So, all right, Steve. Uh, the other one is uh, why Kalyanuk did sign with the Hawks. So, again, we're not going to go too much about that. He was the 2017. something we talked about last he week. Was, yeah, he was going to sign with the Hawks, and then all this stuff was like this week was when people could actually finally sign with teams, I believe. Or I, I'm not quite sure if that was Kalyanuk's case, but that was the case. You'll see around the league there's actually a bunch of contracts and stuff because of that. Um, but, yeah, Kalyanuk, it was reported by Lazarus uh, that he was going to sign with the Hawks he actually did sign with the Hawks. So that's all. That's why we're going to spend two minutes talking about him because we just talked about it last week. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> so you seen this? Heard about this? What do you think he's, what's he even doing now? Does he have like some shitty show like late night on NBC anymore or Jay Leno? So he just drive around his fancy cars. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, no social yeah. distancing involved for that. He's just going around <laughs> in his, his fancy cars, his fleet of cars and, that's it. That's his life. That's, yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad work if he can get it. So. He doesn't have to rely on other comedians coming into his car to drink coffee. Although, if I'm not mistaken, he was on that show. Which, I believe he was. Yes. Yeah. Which I mean, talk about Jerry Seinfeld has just walked in that too. Great, a guy. He's just just being funny, and he gets those two shows. Like just. Getting a car, getting, oh, was it getting coffee and cars with comedians? It's like the dumbest idea ever, but it's so simple that it worked out pretty well. One idiot. One, no? You know, he's, he's, <laughs> he's done pretty okay for himself, I'd say. He's done all right. Yeah, he's done all right, I guess. Yeah, he's making a little bit of money. But uh, last thing about the defense Mason Millman was named to Canada's U20 virtual team. So this is a big deal, mainly because uh, Mason Millman. Taken in, in uh, 2019 draft by Fletcher. He was the player at, at the time. I did not see what the appeal of him was, uh, just looking at his stats and based on scattering reports. But uh, now I get it. And it's nice that the Flyers kind of keep getting these players like Phil Myers and Zamula, and it looks like possibly a Millman now, who are just coming out of nowhere to be monsters. And uh, this comes with Team Canada announced uh, they added four defensemen and forward to their junior team. Uh, for their virtual summer camp, which will take place July 27th to 31st. And one of them was Millman, along with uh, Lucas Cormier, a left-handed defenseman with Charlottetown, Charlottetown Islanders in the QMJHL, uh, anticipated to be taken in the first round of 2020. Damon Hunt, left-handed defenseman, uh, expect, expected to be a second-round pick in 2020. And Owen Power, who's expected to be a 2021 prospect. Um, and then the four was Gage Conclaves. But... Millman, the thing with him was his numbers last year weren't that great, but all of them took huge jumps this year. 2018-19, uh, he had three goals, 22 assists for 25 points, and was plus 22 in 66 games. And this year, playing in eight less games, he had 13 goals, 31 assists for 44 points, and was plus 31 in just 58 games. Uh, and he was with the Saginaw Spirit in both those games. Um, and, or both the seasons, I mean. And... Uh, the reason why it, his skill set may not really translate to, I guess, things you can grab onto now if you don't watch his game every night is his biggest asset. And I know we said this about Kainuk and Hoberg and some of that, but apparently he is just a phenomenal skater in all four directions. So, and this year, 
He's always been a phenomenal skater, but apparently he's improved not only on his skating, but his uh, puck management in the offensive zone this year, which is why his assist totals went up and he's gotten better at managing the power play. And uh, apparently he's taken a huge step in terms of defending one-on-one and defending uh, stick on puck plays. So he's gotten a lot better in closing gaps and kind of taking away time and space from players, which again, that's not going to show up anywhere unless you're watching OHL games consistently, which I'm not going to lie. I can't say I watched a ton of OHL action this year, but the people that did watch are pointing that out, and it seems like he's taking huge strides in his game. And I mean, everything that that all that sounds like just a fantastic, like a fantastic skater, kind of manages the puck correctly and gets points that way, and doesn't give time and space to opponents in the D zone. Just sounds like a smooth skating, like Matt Niskanen is what that sounds like. I'm which, down for that. I like that. I mean, yeah, which like if Fletcher's gonna just keep on bringing in the Niskanens. Fuck it. Yeah, keep doing it. I mean, the, the old one's been working out. Hopefully, this young one works out. Hopefully, he just keeps on racking these guys up. And then we're not going to have to worry about the Calyanux of the world because we're just going to plop this bad boy right in there. So, gotta love the uh, yeah. factory. Yeah, the Niskanen factory. Yeah. So, the Eagles going to be a quarterback factory. Uh, Flyers going to be a Niskanen factory. You know, that happened during quarantine. Like, the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts in quarantine. Do you remember that? That was months ago. I've tried that to forget that. Ago. Months in the quarantine, and it's just all – it's all become a huge blur. And uh, much like the 2010 Stanley Cup final was a huge blur to most of us. And uh, with that, Lucas Krychek has announced his retirement. Uh, Steve, segue rating? That was a pretty good one. Considering I'm talking about Lucas Krychek, it was all right. You went down a few <laughs> side streets there. <laughs> but got the point A to point B, so – Last game was game six of the 2010 Stanley Cup final. Uh, and then he spent some time over in the Czechs uh, top league and then won a bunch of titles over there. I think he played with his hometown team, H.C. Osolari Trinic. I don't fucking know. Won the title in 2011 and then uh, went to the final 2018 and then won the final again in 2019. So he's won two titles with his hometown club in the last 10 years. And then uh, they didn't have a postseason this year, so he just decided to retire. But uh, in the NHL, Lucas Krychek was a pretty big, uh, pretty big bust. Twenty fourth overall in the first round, two thousand one, played three hundred twenty eight games and had seventy two points uh, between the Flyers, Panthers, Canucks, and Lightning. Played in seven seasons from two thousand one hundred two to two thousand nine ten and never broke twenty points and was a plus once for a season. Uh, he was plus one in six seven games for Florida in oh five oh six. Uh, but Lucas Krychek just won the match now because he did retire and he was. A former flyer. Uh, and he, he was just a guy wasn't... who played hockey. He was definitely here, and he was part of the reason why uh, 2010 wasn't as fun. I, you know, I'm just going to pin all 2010 on him, uh, Bartulis and Parent. So that's, I think no, that's a fair It's way to all Parent as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, we can, yeah, really, we can, we can release yeah, the try check into that, into that. <laughs> release the cry check in. Uh, there's no, yeah, it doesn't really work. I go no, just go with that. the cry check. Yeah. 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 So, uh, and now nobody's releasing the cry check. He's just, uh, Releasing it at home, I guess. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Good God. That's, uh, yeah, and there's, you know, we didn't have... Uh... I mean, we're about to go around Craig, the league right Craig's now. Craig saw a loopy so. from his upper body injury that kept him out of yeah, I was say, quarantine yeah. this week. It feels like a, should we, I mean, we can delve into it. I don't really care fucking talking about it's it. It's your call uh, if you want to talk about it or not. I decided to I... just go with the NHL method of calling it an upper body injury because... God oh, no, forbid that anybody in the NHL know what actually ails someone. <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, I was just, uh, Monday was just a regular day. I came home Monday afternoon. I was 
in my bedroom, sitting down watching TV. And then the next thing I remember was I was just, I woke up uh, face down on my floor and my glasses and I was uh, listening uh, to music. So I had headphones in. Uh, they were across the room and it's not, they were in a position like, I don't know, I don't like ever take a nap on the floor or anything. I, I, I guess wise. I just passed out. Yeah, which is wise. Yeah. You but do this I podcast had face down on the floor. Face down, usually with like, one arm behind my head, like a supermodel pose, and it usually throws Steve off every once in a while, but uh, that's not what's going like, on. Here. Are, are you I, saying you're doing like the Kate Winslet, like Titanic pose? Yeah, it's like really, yeah, just trying to throw a curveball, see if I can get you off a game. But I, so I think I just, uh, guess I just collapsed, just passed out in my room, and then woke up. I don't know how long I was passed out for, but then woke up, uh, was dizzy, disoriented, figured I was dehydrated or something, drank some water. Uh, and they tried to get up and lay down on my bed and then again, woke up a couple minutes later and I was not like in, you know, not to brag, I've laid in beds in my life and I would never lay down in a bed like this. So I must have like passed out again and then lay down in bed. It was like, I'll just sleep it off. I don't know what the hell is going on. And then I uh, felt just like pretty weird for like an hour and couldn't really pass out and just uh, was still dizzy and disoriented. So I was like, I guess I should go to the hospital. And then. Went to the hospital, nothing. It was pretty much just the fact that I like I just got to drink more water throughout the day. <laughs> it was pretty much it. They were like, hey, you passed out, but you're not. We did uh, no concussion, did EKG, and did a uh, blood test. So there's nothing nothing alarming. Just And the other thing was I had been uh, I had three cups of coffee that day with no water and was doing Instacart runs. So I was kind of being an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, like I said it I've while told I was you at the time and time again, Mountain Dew does not count as water, Craig. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing is I have been inhaling water, and then for some reason I just hadn't, you know, last couple of days so I was like, eh, whatever. But that's not actually what happened. Who I guess needs I just that? Caffeine. Yeah, you don't need that caffeine all the way. So water, and I guess, plants. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I guess that's what happened. So my message to you is. If you're going to drink a lot of coffee, keep doing it, first of all. Don't even question that angle. And just drink water with it, and then uh, you should be fine. So I so was going coffee, to... Just with lots of ice, so it's, yeah, it's, it's, all, ice. it's all good at the end. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, like, when I was at the hospital, and they were like, so what did you, like, eat today? And I was like, nothing. I had three cups of coffee, no water. And I was like, you know what? I can just leave now. I don't need to do... I get it. Like, I know why I'm here now. I don't need to be in the hospital anymore, so I'm an idiot. Like, but that was me. It's like when you know you did bad on a test and the teacher wants to talk to you. Like, we don't need to have this conversation. I, <laughs> I'm fully aware I don't know math. They're like, yeah, so how many states are there? It's like, yeah, we can. We don't need to do this part. So yesterday I was going to write a couple articles. And then uh, Tuesday, you know, I woke up and I was like, I don't feel great. And Tuesday and Wednesday just kind of felt like I had been, uh, I don't know, like I just went through like training camp. Like I'd done two days in football. That's what it felt like. It felt like a long day Damn. at the office. Came back and yeah, and then today felt better though. Uh, and then hopefully, I had said I was going to write some stuff this week, and I'll write them over the weekend now that I feel pretty normal again. So, I, again, I don't know what caused it, uh, but I thought maybe I'd just slam my head on the ground, see what it was all about. Not fun, I would not advise it because you know, a lot of questions about what caused it and things afterwards. But, uh, you know, if you're getting really bored during quarantine, it's on the do. So, Jeez. You agree with that? Yeah, you agree 100% with that. So let's move on. Let's not I even think we're rebuttal. all glad that you're feeling better. Okay. And, and I'm, 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 that sucks that happened to you. I'm sorry that happened to you. And, no, it's, uh, I mean, I'm, yes. I'm glad you're, I, you're feeling better, man. And I'm glad it was just that and it wasn't something more serious. Yeah. So I, 
I think it's because I've always, I don't know, I'm always doing physical labor or something like that. And I always, I've never passed out to that extent. So I was kind of like, I hope this isn't anything bigger than that. But it was just me being an idiot. I had three cups of coffee and a drink of water. Like I noted, not going to happen again. So, so folks, wash your damn hands, wear a damn mask, drink your damn water. Yeah, seriously. Because apparently, you know, because you might be like, that's not going to happen. I guess it will. So just heads up. Because I, and I was lucky enough that I did do it in the open part of like my bedroom and not like near a wall or something either. Um, so, but you know, with that in mind, let's go around the league because nothing would help me recover from that incident like mentioning like Jack Rathbone. That, uh, Jack Rathbone signed a DLC. And I, Steve, that was the first thing I texted you. I was like, look, I'm at the hospital, but I got this JR news. And I want to let you know about it. So, uh, Jack signed- Rathbone doing. <laughs> Tell my family if he's side. Uh, 21-year-old left-hand defenseman. 2017 fourth-round pick who had 31 points in 28 games this season for Harvard University. That might lead into this transaction for the uh, Canucks, which was Nikita Triampkin. I will stay with Aftimobilist Yekaterinburg in the KHL for a fourth straight season in 2020-21. He used to be with the Canucks, and there was rumors he might possibly be coming back over. But apparently, Rathbone might actually be. Uh, aiming for a spot, so he's trying to may have been fucking. I uh, said fuck it. Uh, left-hand defenseman Joe Morrow was let go by Dynamo Minsk in the KHL. Played 16 games for the Binghamton Devils in the AHL this season. Uh, the Devils HL team before going over to the KHL. Patrick Berglund is joining Brennis IF in the SHL in 2020-21. Uh, 31 points in 49 games for Deer Gardens IF in 2019-20. And again, it's always worth mentioning he was the main thing. The Sabres got back in the Ryan O'Reilly deal, and he is not even with the club now. Just each day you go back and look at that Ryan O'Reilly deal, and it's it gets fucking dumber by the day. Uh, Minnesota, these uh, these three signings were all uh, signings that they've been talking about for a while. And uh, Kirill Kaprizov, Ilya Sorokin, and Alexander Romanov, uh, they all signed with the Wild uh, Islanders and Canadians. They were players that they have been – Talked about coming over here and signing their ELC to play in this postseason before the pro- the pause happened, and now they're going to, I believe, burn the first year of the ELCs and then be eligible to play in 2020-21. So Kirill Kaprizov has been somebody they've been talking about bringing over forever for the Wild, uh, and he's not going to be able to play in this postseason, and now they're only getting to get one year of his ELC. But 23-year-old winger had 62 points, 33 of which were goals in 57 games with CSKA Moscow in the KHL last year. Which is pretty fucking good. Ilya Sorokin, uh, 24-year-old goalie at 9.35 save percentage in 40 games with CSKA Moscow last season, and then Alexander Romanov, uh, who was 20-year-old left-handed defenseman, 2018 second-round pick, uh, seven assists in 43 games for the same club, uh, and uh, again, burning his first year of the ELC, won't be eligible for until next season. Uh, Yuri Sekic, speaking of former Canadians. Uh, was let go by CSK in Moscow. Big CSK uh, in Moscow update here. Apparently, just all these fucking dudes. Uh, Sekish, though, last played with the uh, Coyotes back in 2015-16. Also played with the Habs, Ducks, Hawks as well. Uh, Sergei Kalinin to join Tractor Chelyabinsk in the KHL for the 2020-21 season. Had 10 points in 57 games for CSK in Moscow last season. Former Devil. Uh, Pontius Aberg. Will also be joining Tractor Chelyabinsk uh, next season. He had one assist in five games for the Maple Leafs this season, as well as 44 points in 55 games with the Marlies this season. Uh, has spent time with the Preds, Oilers, Ducks, uh, Wild, and Maple Leafs uh, in the NHL since 2015 16. 
Devils prospect Igor Saragovich has been loaded to Dynamo Minsk in the KHL. Center will be recalled prior to the 2020-21 training camp. So this is purely tempor uh, temporary because the offseason champs aren't in the 2014 postseason. Uh, Caps and the South Carolina Stingrays uh, extend their affiliation agreement through 2022-2023. Uh, Stingrays are the ECHL team of the Caps. Mikhail Gregoranko officially signs his one-year deal with the Blue Jackets. We reported that a couple months ago, but now he's officially signed that one-year deal worth $1.2 million. Uh, Troy Terry stays in Anaheim with a three-year extension, $1.45 million a year. 22-year-old forward at 15 points, four of which were goals in 47 games. And then Sean Malone signs with the Nashville Predators for one year, 750K. He had 30 points in 58 games with the Rochester Americans last year in the AHL uh, for the Sabres organization. Um, and former Phantom Ant Andy Miley is joining Torpedo Nizhny Novgorod in the KHL for the 2020-21 season, was placed on unconditional waivers by the Coyotes last week, spent time with the Phantoms back in 2016 17 and then last but not least the senators have been rumored to start re a rebranding effort in the near future with a return to their old 2d logo which was the logo they had during the flyers uh sends brawl back in 2004 which i am also a big fan of because i don't think it looks good and i like bringing back ugly jerseys so i'm about it i don't know how you feel about them steve but they were uh they're pretty gross. I want them to bring back those old second, like the uh, the, the alternate jerseys that were like 06072. It was a completely different logo, and it was like the only combo of their colors that I like ever. I'm gonna see mm. if I can find a, a picture of it real quick. But, but uh, the 2D logo, I think, is is much better. Like when yeah, they had oh, the yeah. one that's like the slightly 3D, where he's like the senator's kind of looking at you. It's yeah. so weird. So that's the one I like. Oh, wait. Okay. No, that one I don't like. Yeah. That one no, that one's no good. That one is no good at all. The one that looks like a Canadian quarter, that's the one I'm in for. The, the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Senator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that one, too. Yeah. But the, the one that's like slightly 3D where he's... It looks like he's turning to stare at you. It's no good. It's no way. <laughs> no, <thank you>. Yeah. <laughs> no, sir. Uh, yeah. I don't like it. I think I have. Uh, hold on, I'm gonna send you a send you a link to. Uh, it's at the bottom of the notes here. These are the ones I like. Why don't they I like. get like some hideous like black and white Islander style jerseys that just say like Sens? No, yeah. I mean, well, they kind of. I think one of their jerseys is kind of like that. I don't know if they still use it, but like back when they were like the league was fucking up the, with the Reebok jerseys. I think their away one was just like the word Sens on like a oh. white. It was it was as basic a jersey as you could get. Let's do it the other way. It's just tours. <laughs> that would be. I mean, you know, that would be more entertaining. We didn't hold on to Chara. <laughs> I say they just call. It, they just put on their jersey the Capitals, and then you'd be like, "Well, we're the Capitals of Canada," and then they just start a whole thing with the Capitals for no reason. But it's like the late '90s Capitals. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like those jerseys. The like teal and yeah, oh jerseys. yeah, yeah. Just a direct hit on the caps. Yeah, oh, one comes out in a Vatican jersey when they're unveiling the jerseys. They're like, no, this is yeah, some fucking like, jerseys right there. The Jim Carrey era, Peter oh, Bondra. Early, early Ovechkin days when it was like Ovechkin carrying fucking like Dinosaurs on a line. It's going I always forget that Ovechkin wore those jerseys for a year or two. Oh yeah, yeah. There was a, that was the first, that was the part of the um, 
that was before Maryland fans realized that he was on the team. And then, because then they changed jerseys my senior year, and that's when everybody was like, oh, yeah, they're, oh, yeah, the Cavs are good. So that's when everybody started watching hockey. That's why I think people forget the Cavs fucking sucked. Like those first three years he was on the team. First two years, yeah. Absolutely atrocious. So that's around the league, Steve. Just horrible. Uh, and that's, uh, I mean, we're, you know, I'm, I'm done talking around the league, and uh, I was going to pump out my, uh, talk about my tangy tent. I'm hopefully right, going to well, get going. Yeah, you, gonna, you go drink some some water, not Mountain Dew. Drink water, some Gatorade. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking of a terrible Gatorade coffee combination. Gatorade Kona. Oh, oh God. That's Gator- awesome. This podcast brought to you by Gatorade Kona. Electrolytes and caffeine together at last. Oh, that sounds awful. I'm very tired. Hydrate and dehydrate at the same time. We got to go. If you have any feedback for us, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. Yep, you can. And I will be doing something on the cap staying flat and how that affects the Flyers. Mark Freeman's extension and what that means for the Flyers defense and hopefully talking about because we talk about a couple of Flyers that might have a decent chance of winning the title here looking at the history of uh, years that the Flyers have taken on a lot of trophies because I don't know again Limblom could win uh, AV could win Fletch could win GM of the year and Tori has a pretty good chance to win Selkie so that could be four individual awards I'm not sure how often that's happened in Flyers history I was going to go back and look at that and then uh, probably stuff about uh, probably something about training camp or something with the rookies. And I do want to start looking at the round robin games to see like how the Flyers played against those teams this year to kind of do like an in depth, maybe a line by line type thing. So that's what I got going on. Hopefully the next week or two. Hopefully I don't you know try and spice it up and try something new during quarantine. Hopefully I just stay conscious this whole time and I'll get all the work done. You know, that's uh, that's what I'm thinking. Well, that sounds good. Yeah, that sounds, get that, that sounds Get that work done, Craig. Get yeah. it done. Get, and I won't say the abbreviated done. version of that statement because nobody needs that. Not one <laughs> person. Not a person here needs that. Folks, you can reach Craig at Sports or Bad. You can reach me at SDBOM or at FlyPerbole. But for your hockey needs, make it FlyPerbole. I almost got through that statement. <laughs> Running out of steam real fast, folks. I haven't done a late one in a while. It's been a minute been a while since we recorded a late podcast like we've been doing them more like early evening like 6 p.m 6 30 kind of around there so uh finishing this up around midnight quite a change for me and we're here i'm loopy we gotta end it follow vsh radio follow broad street hockey be sure to listen to all of our great broad street hockey podcast offerings and folks it's almost time for hockey again we're gonna get ramped up with this tangy tent be sure to listen oh, to all of it. Yeah. Thanks for standing by us throughout quarantine. Hopefully, we will be seeing ice hockey again soon. Until next time, as always, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Hello everybody, this is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things. 
like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah!